My name is Mark Beattie. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Frontline Gastroenterology. I'm at BSG Endoscopy Live in Gateshead, and I'm delighted to have Professor Colin Rees with me. He wrote an excellent review for Frontline Gastroenterology, which is published in this month's edition, and it's about the British Society of Gastroenterology's Quality Improvement Programme, and it's an overview and progress report. Colin, welcome. It's been a great conference, I'm sure you agree. Thank you, Mark. Yes, it's an absolute delight to be here in Gateshead uh, with BSG Live Endoscopy. I think this has been a fantastic meeting, uh, huge engagement between clinicians, nursing teams, researchers and industry, and learning really from the best as to how we do endoscopy better. So I think it's been a great meeting. So this podcast really is about quality improvement. So can you give me some background to this paper? I think quality in endoscopy is everything. If we want the best outcomes for our patient, quality needs to be high. I think the UK has led the world in terms of training and in terms of setting quality standards for many years, working between the BSG with partners such as the JAG. And I absolutely believe in quality assurance, quality standards, key performance indicators. But I think it's really important that we have a means by which we can allow people to improve their quality. So I'm somebody who's about carrots more than sticks, and I think that quality improvement is about supporting people to get better at what they're doing. Now, sometimes that can be through formal means, but sometimes it can be through simply informing people as to what they can do to get better. That might be better training, it might be telling them about evidence, it might be just simple tips and tricks. And I think BSG Live Endoscopy is a really good example of that. It demonstrates how people can learn from the experts in order to make their endoscopy better. So this absolutely is an integral part of endoscopy quality improvement. So why do you think the BSG has to have a quality improvement programme? So what mean? why do we have to set this up as a national thing? So I think The UK has come an awful long way in terms of its quality of endoscopy, but you can always get better. And I think there is still unacceptable variation between the best and others. I think that we've made significant progress, particularly in terms of colonoscopy. But I think that areas like ERCP, upper GI endoscopy, and some areas of therapeutics need need work. I think particularly as well as we expand the role of endoscopy into more and more therapeutics, things like ESD, POEM, advanced EMR, etc. It's very important that we that we show people how they should be good at doing that, not just picking one up and having a go, that we actually need uh, programs for how people get better and learn those techniques well and get better at them. But I think it's very important that we make it clear that although we are covering the specialist areas as well, the core of BSG Endoscopy Quality Improvement EQIP is about making standard practitioners better at what they do. I really enjoyed the bit about evidence-based QI. And that's talked about a lot, isn't it? What exactly do we mean by QI? But can you expand a little bit on what you mean by evidence-based quality improvement? So just a brief precursor to that, I think it's important that we remember we're talking about QI, quality improvement here, not quality assurance. We've covered quality assurance a lot. This is about helping people get better. And I think that there's a lot of evidence in many areas of endoscopy. We've perhaps been slightly slow to this. You know, many years ago, 
endoscopy practice was really eminence-based rather than evidence-based. So you would see an expert do something or they would say something was a good idea and then we would follow it. That's not the way our cardiovascular or our renal or stroke colleagues, they don't say, I saw an expert give a new good drug for blood pressure and it seemed to work. They use evidence. And I think that we have come a long way in terms of improving the evidence of endoscopy over the last few years. We're doing randomized controlled trials. We're using big data. We're using all sorts of means to gather evidence. So I think that what we mean by evidence-based quality improvement is where there's evidence for things, we use it. I'll give you an example of colonoscopy. So in colonoscopy, we know that there are certain things that help improve our colonoscopy practice. So slowing down your extubation time to look more thoroughly at the mucosa, using antispasmodics to help relax the colon, position change to help improve views, retroflexion in the rectum, those kind of things, there is evidence, varying degrees of evidence. The strongest is probably for the withdrawal time. So it's important that we get the message out to people that if you want to improve your adenoma detection rate at colonoscopy, these are things that have an evidence base, so you should be doing these things to improve. So getting it out to people in large district hospitals, in teaching centres and small district hospitals is about creating this network. You've set a big network up. Do you want to say a few words about that? In terms of the Endoscopy Quality Improvement Programme, what we have is a network of national leads, so for each area of clinical practice, so there's a national lead for ERCP, there's a national lead for colonoscopy, etc. But we've then taken that out into regional areas. So each region has an endoscopy quality improvement lead and they are covered in the in the the article in Frontline Gastroenterology published uh, recently. And they they list who those leads are. So what's happening is that the national leads are developing a program in each area, but the regional leads are helping implement that that locally. And if you are interested in improving your endoscopy quality, which absolutely everybody should be, we want you to be engaging with this program. This is about improving quality still further. One of the greats of ERCP, Peter Cotton, um, I had a conversation with him once and he said, somebody had said to him, when did you learn ERCP? And he said, I'm still learning. I think every single one of us can always improve what we're doing. And um, when we think we've reached the top and can't get any better, it's probably the time to stop. It'd be good to just hear a bit about some of the specifics. So you've talked a bit about ERCP, um, perhaps a little bit more about that. I mean, how would you specifically do it? Because I, I suspect you don't think everyone should do ERCP, and ERCP is maybe just done in some centres, every centre. And actually, if you concentrate expertise, you presumably have, it's easier to set up a quality improvement programme. So what about ERCP? I think the issues as to minimum numbers, uh, whether you should have tertiary centres, all that, I'd probably rather not cover in this because I think a lot of that is covered within the JAG and within the the, the standards framework for ERCP. Um, I think there certainly should be minimal numbers and minimal standards, but I think this is about taking people who are practising and saying, how can you get better with quality improvement? So. I think colonoscopy is probably an exemplar that we've actually done this a lot over the last decade using the sort of measures I've just described to improve colonoscopy. Uh, there's probably less evidence base in ERCP, but there is some evidence base and there are certainly algorithms. So, for example, um, one of the approaches that uh, Dr. Kofi Opong in the northeast of England has taken is to get all the ERCPs together in the region and agree 
that they will meet regularly and that they will help improve each other and that they will develop algorithmic approaches to ERCP cannulation. So that might be things like, you know, you spend a certain period of time trying to get into the papilla. If you can't use the double wire technique, so that stepwise approach, um, they've also been working on areas like uh, using uh, suppositories, non-steroidal suppositories. We know there's very good evidence for them in reducing post-ERCB pancreatitis, but that's not fully implemented. So again, working with people to say, let's look at what the evidence is and let's collectively agree that we will implement that to make our ERCB better. So Kofi has worked on that in the northeast of England and then has that taken that to a number of regions around, around the UK. And that's the idea of EQIP, that we, we look at the evidence we agree best practice, and then we try and get people to implement that. This is absolutely all about carrots and not sticks. And it's about people um, learning from each other and improving. As you'll know, there are some people that find the whole area of quality assurance and QI a little bit threatening. And I had a, a breakfast discussion at a meeting a couple of years ago with somebody who said, oh, I don't like this quality improvement. You know, we're already looking at all our cases of post-colonoscopy colorectal cancers, so potentially missed cancers, we review them, we look at what's maybe gone wrong and we try and improve it. And I said, perfect, you're already doing it. You don't need to call it something to do it. But I said, have you shared your practice with your neighboring hospital? I said, that's what really we want people to be doing. We want them to share best practice so that together, collectively, we can improve our quality. It's really about implementation science, isn't it? There's so much that people do that could help others do their jobs better that isn't shared. Yeah, I mean, very, very interesting. What about gastroscopy? Because you mentioned gastroscopy before, and, you know, there's many, many more gastroscopies done, and that would be something that's done pretty well in every hospital. So what about gastroscopy then? How does that get moved? Yeah, I think upper, upper GI endoscopy it is has been a neglected area. I think we put a lot of emphasis on colonoscopy. And as you just said... You know, upper GI endoscopy is a, a, a very commonplace procedure. I think one of the issues, there's slightly less evidence there. So where there's a gap in evidence, it's perhaps hard to influence practice. But expert opinion done in the correct way, not the way of just single opinion, as I mentioned earlier, I think can be very, very valuable. So you can gather evidence through expert opinion. So I think upper GI endoscopy, the approach has been actually to start setting some standards. So although I've said this is about improvement, it's hard to improve unless you set the standards in the first place. In colonoscopy, we've already done that. But in upper GI endoscopy, I think one of the first pieces of work was the, the BSG position statement on upper GI endoscopy, which asked us to really rethink how we're doing upper GI endoscopy. Should everybody be doing it? Should the people that are just doing a few procedures be doing it? No, we should be setting minimal numbers for doing it. We should be thinking about the complex, more slightly more complex areas like Barrett's esophagitis or Barrett's esophagus, that we should develop an approach to Barrett's. So at the moment, in many places, Barrett's gets stuck on the end of a list, or any old person does it. But actually, one very simple approach to upper GI endoscopy quality improvement could be simply to say we will have dedicated Barrett's lists with certain individuals doing it. It would be hard to just have one. But actually, if people aren't interested in an area, they shouldn't be doing it. If they really are interested in colonoscopy and tag a couple of patients with Barrett's on the end of their list, they're not likely to do, do it properly. We know that Barrett's is about having a systematic approach, using Prague classification, using acetic acid, all those kind of areas. So upper GI endoscopy is about 
I think sometimes quality improvement can be about turning the spotlight on something as much as what you actually do. So yes, where there's evidence, you implement it, but actually stopping and making people think about it and think actually what I need to do is slow down, look a bit more carefully, make sure the mucosa is clean, make sure that we think about prep which can be important in the upper GI tract. Make sure that we look at the Barrett's properly, look at what the evidence is, develop protocols, etc. So I think uh, I use a slide sometimes in talks, which clearly isn't going to transmit very well in a podcast, and it says, you know, we should examine all that we do. I think stopping and thinking and reflecting and thinking, am I doing this right? Can I do this better? Is a really important this process, part of this process. It's all very exciting, isn't it? This is about moving medicine positively forward. And I think people should embrace all of the principles and the strategies. And really, this is an example of how it could be achieved in lots of different areas of medicine. I think this has been really a very interesting discussion. Have you got any concluding comments? Anything you want to leave the reader with? I think the message that we so often come back to in medicine... What would I want done to me or, or mine, my relatives? And actually, if we are doing something in a half-hearted way or not looking at the evidence, we should really be thinking, one, am I do- should I be doing this? But more importantly, how can I improve what I do? So this is about shared learning. This is not about threat. This is about saying, we want to get better. We want to deliver the very best that we can for our patients. We want to be the best that we can be. So let's learn from others. Let's get support where we need it. And let's collectively take UK gastroenterology and endoscopy even further on to the next level. That's absolutely great. Colin, thank you very much and thank you for your time in the middle of this busy meeting. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to this podcast. We're always grateful for any feedback. The full article is available in the journal. It's available online. Thanks for listening.